This week on the OneCast, it's just Trey and I in studio, and we are going to run our mouths about what's going on around the industry. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, oh God, it's a toad, son. That. Huh? It's a f***ing toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. What is going on, the OneCast fans? Welcome back for another week. Uh, This one actually is episode 49. I said the last one was, and I lied because it wasn't. Uh, As you can see, or you can't see, as you're going to hear, because we're only going to do audio this week, uh, just with uh, it being Thanksgiving week and everything, make everybody's life a little bit easier. Ben is uh, away for a few weeks on vacation with a family. Uh, Make sure you head to OneCastFishing.com. Use the code the OneCast to check out. Get some snagless jigs, long neck hooks, Weedless Ned, soft plastics, all that good stuff. Uh, it's going to be a little bit delayed on shipping. I know he's going to he's going to get caught up when he gets back pretty quick, but um, make sure you check that out. Christmas is coming up, so uh, make sure you check them out and uh, you know load some stockings up. But uh, so yeah, just train on trade. What's good, man? Not much, man. Hey, when you guys head on over to onecastfishing.com, there's a tab that takes you to the OneCast where we have our merch as well. So you see our uh, three different varieties of hats um or three different color patterns rather and our uh t-shirts so if you guys uh support the channel support the show you know throw some love our way and uh you know like pete said great stocking stuffers great gift ideas and uh, get yourself prepared with that new swag for the 2024 fishing season but as far as your question goes not a whole lot man i'm really glad that the holidays are here it helps everyone kind of wind down and mm-hmm. kind of get back to you know the roots of hanging out with family and um you know eating some good food and listening to music and doing yeah. all that cool stuff and uh like you and i've been kind of busting it in the woods you know yeah. trying to get yeah. after some of those big white-tailed deer so uh so far so good this year i've seen a lot of deer and um ready to get back out there tomorrow morning uh which for you folks listening will be turkey day so pretty excited about that yeah thanksgiving day it's thanksgiving eve uh, our wives are busy preparing stuff while we're out here running our traps, being uh, not good helpers. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're looking forward to that. Also, with with uh, the holidays comes, you know, a lot of struggle for a lot of folks. Uh, you might have lost loved ones, you lost buddies. Uh, just know that uh, you're not alone. There's lots of help out there. Uh, we work with some organizations. FX3 Inc. is one, you know, that is there for you if you're struggling as a as a veteran. Um, there's the National Suicide Prevention Line. Uh, what's that number again? Uh, I think it's eight one one. No, that's the call before you oh, yeah. dig. Yeah, I'm I can't sorry. believe I can't remember what it is, yeah. but um, I'm gonna pull it up. It's uh, it's like nine one one. Nine eight eight. It's nine eight eight. I think. We threw like fifty seven things out here. Yeah, so I'm gonna pull it up. It is nine eight eight. Yeah, nine eight eight. Sorry. So if you are struggling, uh, you need to talk to somebody. Call nine eight eight. As always, we've said it before. You can reach out to us on social media. Shoot us a message. We've given our phone number out a bunch of times. Uh, you know, reach out. It's a tough time of year for a lot of folks. Uh, it's it's extra tough with the economy and everything going on. I know I, I texted Ben and you the other day when I was getting tires on my truck and just said, man, there's a lot of people really struggling. Uh, and it's not that they weren't before or folks weren't, but it's definitely more noticeable when it's, you know, things like batteries and stuff and they're having, having trouble paying for that. So uh, if you're having trouble, there's lots of help out there. Make sure you reach out, you get some help. Make sure you check out those organizations and support them. Uh, Heroes Harvest FX3 Inc. For His Glories Outdoors and Special Operations Bass Anglers. Uh, we talked a little bit last episode about that tournament, but I just want to reiterate, like, Ooh. man, that was a ton of fun. It was so much fun, um, and and that's where fund and the mental and emotional side of fishing, like, 
really have a head-on collision because uh, we were out there for practice and it was pretty great. I mean, uh, you know, I obviously I fished with Pete's dad and Pete, you had your wife on the boat and uh, practice was awesome. But, you know, that's a 33 and a half thousand square acre lake, I believe, or, or maybe more. Um, but it was low and, uh, but you know, we found a really good pattern in practice, but you know, come tournament day, it was polar opposite, but you know, the, the point of the, the, the tournament itself was to show support for special operations, bass, bass anglers, Mark McCowan annual event. And then, you know, specifically, uh, CW2 chief warrant officer two Cantrell who passed away in a house fire, saving his family some time ago. So, you know, all in all, it was the biggest event that, special operations bass anglers has host have hosted so far um and the turnout was amazing and uh want to give a huge shout out to um which we'll get you know we'll talk about later but uh you know major league fishing donating their um their one of their weigh-in trailers for the event so that was really neat and a lot of giveaway prizes and stuff so a lot of cohesion built good brotherhood sisterhood and uh overall an event that you will see my attendance at every single year if i'm able to make it yeah, we'll definitely be there next year. Uh, I know they have the date already, and I can't remember what it is, but we'll 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 talk about that a bunch between now and then. Um, uh, Trey's grabbing us a couple couple drinks, so I was telling him to grab me one. Um, but yeah, we're definitely gonna be there. I think uh, I don't think they always do it Veterans Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so look for it to be that Friday. Uh, of Veterans Day next year, whatever that date is. Uh, if you can, make plans to, to come, no matter how far you have to travel. Uh, I know there were some boats from Michigan, uh, Florida, Pennsylvania. People from all over the place came, fished, <clears throat> had a really good time, stood around and talked. I know next year the plan already, they're planning to have food trucks there. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee is going to send their their stuff there the next year as it keeps getting bigger. Uh, so make sure you check them out. Right now, they're only on Facebook. If you just search Special Operations Bass Anglers or click the link below in the description on this episode, uh, it'll take you to them. Uh, I know they are working on a website where you'll be able to donate uh, straight to them and things like that. But for now, just reach out to them on Facebook. If you want to make a donation or something, shoot them a Facebook message. or quick to respond. I'm sure they can walk you through uh, whatever it takes to do that. But um, also, I know Trey put a, put a name in the hat. And uh, if you know any special operators that have uh, either been KIA or, or lost their battle here, uh, you can send those names over to uh, to the special operations bass anglers, and they'll they go through a process of picking the you know the soldier they're going to benefit that year. So um, if you have anybody in mind, you can uh, you can send that over to them as well. So it's pretty cool that uh, you know it's always in Mark McCowan who kind of started its name, but then they pick a, a different special operator every year. Um, and if I remember correctly, a portion of the money raised goes back to their family. So yeah, there's a lot of foundations out there. You know, with, with the special forces community, there's the special forces foundation. There's um, you know a lot of special operations. Uh, you know, 501c3 organizations that support um, you know uh, gold star families and stuff like that. But you know, it, it's just there's there's a lot of organizations, but they don't meet the demands of, you know, those who have fallen and paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to enjoy our Thanksgiving dinners and and things of that nature. So, you know, the other cool thing about this is if you're into traveling and you want to fish, you know, healthy competition, like the camaraderie that goes along with it, you know, like spending, you know, three, four days in the house with you and, 
um, and Todd and Ricky and Mike and Nick. And I know I'm throwing names out here that you guys don't know, but these are all the people we were in the house you come with. Fish, you'll get to know. Them. Yeah. You come fish. Like you, you just build camaraderie. These are low threat, low stress tournament situations. It gives you an opportunity to break down a different body of water. You may have never fished before. Um, learn new tips and tricks and techniques and stuff from guys that have been doing it for a long time. And I can tell you, I soaked up a ton of information, mm-hmm. Uh, when I was there to help me, you know, continue to build my arsenal of, uh, you know, ways to trick a bass into biting. So it, it, that to me was the, besides the tournament itself, the most fulfilling and sense of purpose that I had there was developing relationships with really great people. So, uh, you'll see me there again for sure. Yeah. If you're looking to make a trip <clears throat> to fish somewhere, I highly recommend checking out that weekend. Like I said, the, the tournament's Friday, you can fish Friday, Saturday, uh, we went up, we fished Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I fished Sunday as well. Um, it's a good time of year to catch those spotted bass, a bunch of them. We caught big uh, hybrid stripers, uh, caught some largemouth. It was just it was just a great time. So if you're, if you're planning a trip, consider doing that. The tournament entry fee is nominal. And like I said, there's no pressure. Like I didn't care if I went out there and zeroed that day mm. because I knew I was supporting a good cause. It was cool to see a lot of the people there, some pros and things like that. So... Uh, make sure you check them out. Um, speaking of pros, man, we're going to talk about the MLF. We've been avoiding that drama. But first, let's talk about BASS. They announced their roster. No big surprises. Uh, other really, I think Poche was the only surprise. Yeah. But there was also some, we weren't sure on that, and I didn't follow up on the rules. But since he wasn't technically a rookie, I don't think he was guaranteed two years because he had. He had fished his rookie season and then didn't requalify and then requalified and came back again. So I don't think you're guaranteed those two years. I have I do need to look into that, uh, but I believe that's what happened there. Uh, but he's still over there fishing BPT, um, you know, with the MLF. So uh, you're not gonna for those of you that are big fans of his. I know a lot of folks like the way he fishes and stuff he does. Uh, you're still gonna get to see him there. Um, Milliken made it. Trey was telling me like with two tournaments ago, he's like, "There's no way, Ben." Milliken <laughs> qualifies. Yeah. He's like, we're looking at the scores. I'm like, man, it's going to be tough. And then, yeah. then he goes out in top tens and then thirds and, and solidifies his slot there. Just beating out Bobby Lane, um, who's going back to, to BPT after not qualifying. He, he kind of gave it one shot for one year. But it's, it's definitely a, you know, like I, I think a lot of people like, you know, our show, we don't really get overly dramatic and, and caught up in, you know, the clickbait stuff and things like that. And, and for good reason, because we want to continue to grow a van, uh, culture of anglers, helping anglers one cats at a time. Right. But, you know, uh, with the, the dynamics of the industry, it's, it's no different than any other business in the world. Each one of these anglers has to make a business decision for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then they have to make a business decision for their sponsors. And to be frank, um, they're going to go where they're most comfortable and the money is at like a poor business person would, would do the opposite. A lot of times the anglers have no say in where they're, that's true, who they're going to fish with. It all comes down to their sponsors saying, you know, they might say, we'll give you one year. And if you don't, you need to go back here. Yeah. But, um, you know, Bobby Lane made a decision that that was best for him and his sponsors by going back to the BPT. Uh, I think you'll see more. After this year where they have more opens coverage and stuff, it'll be interesting to see if more folks are go that route with more sponsor support um, just because there is more TV coverage now. Um, they increase payouts and stuff. So there's going to be a lot more return on investment potential there if you are a sponsor of a, an angler. 
Um, and man, with what's but, going on, nope, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you, you kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Um, times are tough. Uh, you know, you, you saw people at, uh, the auto shop when you're getting in your tires, like looking at making installment plans on a, on a battery for a vehicle and for other people, it's a no brainer just buy the battery. Right. Uh, but you know, the economic situation affects every single business and every single business, it affects every single person, uh, in the country for the most part. And so, um, with all the negative that's going on in the industry, there's, there are a lot of positives. And one of the positive things you brought out was, uh, the, the amount of coverage that the opens are going to get this year. I think that's a great thing because as these anglers are trying to build their individual brands, um, and nest their business ideas with their sponsors, it's just another opportunity to use as a platform. And if you guys listen to our, if you haven't listened to our, um, episode with John Cruz, you need to go back and, and listen to that because he's probably one of the smartest business uh, businessmen in the industry when it comes to creating a balance between using BASS as a platform to build his business and so on and so forth. So really, that's I think that's where you're seeing a lot of people have a lot of heartache and pain is like, I didn't sign up for this mentality. Well, you, you actually did. You know, it, it's they may not say it or, or, but to me, it's, it's obvious now. Like if you jump into the professional fishing world or the professional outdoor world, um, social media has got to follow it, you know, being able to communicate with people. So you're kind of going towards the whole Jacob Fouts thing and that. Well, yeah, there's that. So here's the whole deal there. Like I've said Bass does a terrible job preparing people for moving up in levels. They do an even worse job in preparing people to come from college into that level because in college, sponsors are throwing money at college kids, paying entry fees. Entry fees are low, and then that goes away when you leave college because they're not sponsoring that team anymore. So there's unrealistic expectations thinking that that's the way it's going to be, and all I need to go out there – all I need to do is go out there and fish because they don't put all those social media requirements on college kids like they do on – once you get to like the opens and the elites and things like sure. that. So Bass has ownership in that. And I, I don't know. I liked what Jacob said. I, maybe he, he could have approached it and said it a little bit different and not upset as many people. Uh, but I get where he's coming from because they don't prepare those kids at all. Like they're saying, here's a bunch of money to the team. They use that money to travel. They use that money for fuel. They use that money for everything. And then, yeah, you pick up sponsors, you make it to the elites, but you don't understand you may not understand the expectations. They're setting contracts and everything, but if you've never had to read a contract in college, like you're not going to understand that. So they don't do a great job, and we've heard it with all anybody that goes out of college into a professional. I mean, look at how many kids make the NFL and stuff and end up broke in two years, sign mm-hmm. a million dollar contracts because yep. they have no idea how to what to do. They go from not having any money to being millionaires, and they, and they aren't smart with it. So. Where it's kind of opposite in fishing, they go from getting all that money and not really having to do anything for yeah. it other than fish to that money you need to work for now. And that it's just, we they do a poor job preparing people. And it, that's kind of, I, I get what you're saying, but I think the bass fishing as a whole needs to do a better job of letting people know what those expectations are. You can't just go out and be a good angler anymore. Yeah. You used to be able to do that. You can't. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, if I was a sponsor looking to bring an angler or somebody to market and promote my product or service, whatever the case may be, I, I would, you know, I would impose a pretty rigorous, uh, interview process, you know, and, and talk to that human being and, 
uh, you know, just because you have 30,000 followers on social media or whatever the case, maybe just arbitrary number I threw out, but just because you have the followers doesn't mean you have the engagement, yep. you know, just because you have the followers doesn't mean you know how to talk to people and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, on the sponsor side of the house, I would recommend that they actually interview these people, put them in front of a crowd, see how they, uh, communicate, you know, maybe give them some tools for, uh, briefing a crowd or talking a product or whatever the case may be, and then make a decision. Okay. I want to bring this person on board or no, like here's some of the things I think you need to work on before you apply for a position with us. Cause it is, it's like a job interview, yeah, right? But the issue there is you, you only have 10 guys that can fill your 10 spots. So you have to take who's available, it, whether they can talk to people or not. Now, after the fact there's, you know, companies should take some ownership and coaching folks, but you're not talking about putting a job out there and having 10,000 people apply for it. There's only 103 elite series guys. Sure. So that's the only pool that you have to go from. So you can't really be that selective when it comes to trying to get somebody to represent your brand. But they absolutely, once they do say, you're with us, should go through and say, this is your contract. Like, yep. you may have never seen one. Let's break it down. This is what we expect. Do you need help here? We can help you with, you know, talking, like you said. Because mm. guys, gals, ever don't really know how to do that. They don't yeah. know how to engage with people. Um, but go back and listen to any of the pros we've had on. They can talk all about sponsors and stuff. I have, I've been like dreading this whole conversation, but <laughs> I just want to get it over with. Well, can I say one more thing about BASS before you go? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the other cool thing. So yeah, I think everyone's kind of aware that, you know, um, Larry Nixon, uh, is retiring or yeah, he's, he's done. Um, uh, but the cool thing is, is, uh, and I, and I think I said this a long time ago, um, and no, I did, I did say KVD's coming back, but he, he's not as of right now, but Jordan Lee legend, uh, back into, you know, the elite series. And, uh, he's another one that I think, you know, he did a really good job and I know we're going to get on this topic that you, that you're dreading, but he did a really good job at maintaining relationships with BASS while he was at BPT. You know, he's a back-to-back -back Bassmaster Classic winner. Um, and he chose based on best business decisions and probably the trajectory of the company to go back to BASS. And listen, it's not like you're not entitled to go back to bass. I mean, it's space A, right? Space available. And they only take two yep. every year. Uh, and so I think Clun is sticking around, but, the, but Jordan Lee, Joe Lee, he's able, he's coming back. And so that's pretty cool. So a lot of movement, man, just tons of movement from Bobby Lane going to the BPT, back to the BPT, to Jordan Lee going to BASS to, you know, the MPFL is still trying to finalize their roster. Um, you know, people just bouncing back and forth and it, and it's not, it's not anything different though, is it? It's not that different. It, it, it feels a lot different this year just because of the what MLF announced and all the stuff that they're doing. Um, I think there's a lot more unrest and probably people that wanted to to go back and forth. But again, sponsors, things like that, you may not be able to just pull out and go to the Opens. Um, excuse me. Um, it's that cold beverage. So yeah, Jordan Lee, legend back in. He said he got the phone call basically with the invite asking if he wanted to come back and uh, they gave him some time to think about it. He made that decision, which is cool. Um, he did. You're right. He did a good job. He's not one of the folks that went over to MLF and started bashing right. us and, and saying we're coming for you and all that like some folks did. Those folks are going to eat some crow, I feel like. Um, this is what I've been dreading. MLF for like the they've been around for what four years now so for the fourth year they've changed their format they've changed their rules they've changed everything um i don't know how you qualify 
nobody really knows. Like you're supposed to be top ten in the invitationals, but then if you don't take that, they just start calling people. I I don't want to get into all that, but um, you know, they had guys not requalify. They're gone somehow. Boy Duckett requalified, even though he's he's never even made a championship Sunday. Um, funny when you own the company, you don't get bumped. Uh, but. Brett Height was one who I don't think had the the points. The only one who left that wasn't in the below that cut line was Randall Tharp, and he put a great video out there uh, talking about going back to Fishy Opens and trying to get back to Bass, and and his was it was a business decision and the inconsistencies in the MLF, uh, kind of all the things that were promised that never came to fruition, no entry fees, higher payouts, blah 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 blah. None of that stuff's come true. Uh, I think the no entry fees lasted about three tournaments when BPT came around, if it even made it that long. Um, so he, he left talking about the inconsistencies, changing the rules, uh, people on video cheating and not being held accountable. The inconsistencies with the, their lie detector test, go watch Randall Tharp's video. He kind of, he kind of comes, uh, comes clean about a bunch of stuff about why he left. Um, I've been super critical of, of major league fishing when it comes to the BPT. I think they do a pretty good job with, uh, with the BFLs and with the Toyota series. Uh, the invitationals are one of those things that like, they changed it from the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit to the Invitationals, and then they invited a bunch of people that had never even fished the Toyotas and stuff to try to fill that roster out. It so a lot of people had bad taste in their mouth, and we I have some friends that have fished the Invitationals still do um, that eventually at some point want to come on and talk about what's happened there, but they're not quite ready to yet. So, and then the BPT making the change to go into fifty anglers from a hundred. 80 80 80 so cutting 30 guys uh instantly they're going to take what 40 based on lifetime standings and the standings in 2023 well would it be 2024 uh and then the the usual move up from the invitationals the 10 i believe it was i have to go back and look um they went back to every fish counts format the five fish didn't even make it a year um which i know made a bunch of anglers mad because they were starting their own committee to look into things um, it's really left a, a black cloud over fishing. Um, and I'm, I, it's not that I don't like Boyd Duggett or I don't like the MLF. I don't like the fact that there's another league. What I don't like is all of this stuff that's been promised that everybody said is not going to work and that how they were going to take down bass when really had they just coordinated alternated schedules where they weren't on top of each other, done all kinds of things like that. You could have had two really good circuits to watch. Like I really like the MLF's format. Every fish counts, catch wave release. I think it's a really cool thing to do. Um, and it was a ton of fun when every fish counted. Then they went to five fish. Viewership dropped, which I knew was going to happen. Uh, it just it just didn't – it wasn't as exciting to, to watch a five fish catch wave release tournament. Um, now, you know, people argue, well, Bass does that if they go to fork. Yeah, they do because there's a slot limit there, and it's they don't want six-pound fish to not get weighed. Like, yep. yeah, it's a little bit different than, than doing that on every lake you go to. Um so, man, I just I hate for I hate it for the guys. There's, and you see, Randall left. I think there were probably other folks that wanted to leave. Jordan Lee, um, again, walked the line, but I don't think it was a super hard decision for him when Bass called and said, "Hey, we got a legend spot. Are you interested?" Yep. I imagine it was a pretty easy choice for him, um, as it would be, I think, for most people because they just don't know. I mean, you got to be forty fortieth in in lifetime points. There's a lot of really good anglers that in three years aren't going to be in that 40th that are going to be jobless. Uh, and they, you know, they left and, and that's what upsets me about the whole deal and what's made me upset about the BPT 
since we've started this podcast, I've been critical of them is they took a, a lot of dudes, put their livelihoods in the hands of some folks that made a bunch of promises. And you could see pretty early on that those promises weren't realistic yeah. and that a bunch of dudes were going to get hung out to dry. And that's where we are right now. And I personally know a few of the guys that are probably going to be left out and they're good people. Uh, and, and I don't know what they're going to do, you know, come the end of this year, they're going to fish and hopefully get in that 30 or whatever they need to be to, to stay. And, uh, if not, then the opens are going to be stacked next year. I think there will be a wait list. I don't know. What do you think about it? All this stuff, Trey? Like, so, uh, you know, I was a, and I've said this before, I was a huge fan when major league fishing's identity was, you know, uh, founded off the cup series. I thought that was a really cool way to televise, um, and televise uh, for good entertainment and put the anglers to the test on the, I don't know all the inside information, but it seemed like they were all in the same playing field, same kind of boat, you know, unknown lakes, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I thought you didn't it didn't find out to the morning. Oh, yeah, that's find what out. was so cool. Yeah. It was a, it was a really cool thing. And I really think it shaped their identity as an organization from the beginning. Um, but I'm, I'm with you on this. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at it from, you know, three perspectives, uh, one being the viewer, two being the angler and three being the business owner or owners. Um, so from the viewership standpoint, it's for a fan of, Oh, they're going to less coverage. Yeah. So, so, well, and I was going to say that cause they're taking cameras and putting them for their team series that they're starting. Right. So, which I don't know, that's another new thing that they're starting is this team series. Um, so from a viewer standpoint, you know, it, it was confusing as to what was going on. But at the same time, like, you know, it was just watching bass fishing. You know, if you watch bass fishing, it's like, you know, I would, I don't like to watch bass fishing that much. I think it's like watching the grass grow sometimes. Uh, but at the same time, like if it's a nasty, cloudy, rainy day and I don't feel like going out on the water, like it's something to turn on. Um, so from the viewer, I could see where the inconsistency is almost kind of annoying. From the angler standpoint, the unpredictability. Uh, so I would gauge this like walking into like a Fortune 40, 100, 500 company, right? So the 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 accountability that the anglers should have taken was looking at the comp. Like if I was applying for a job anywhere, I would look at that company. I would look at how they do business. I would look at how they, uh, you know. Uh, have a return on investment, what the revenue streams are, all that stuff. I would do my homework because I don't want, want to walk into a company that's going to shut down. Um, but they were sold a really big pipe dream uh, when they left FLW or BASS or whatever the case may be. And so it all sounded great. And this happens to everybody. I mean, go try to buy a used car. The same yeah. thing's going to happen to you, right? So from the angler side of the house, you know, on their end, if they could have seen any of the writing on the wall, but they still made the decision to stay, yeah. well, then shame on them. But if they couldn't see it because there were so many smoke and mirrors that were presented in front of them, then shame on the business. And so from the business perspective, uh, th listen, they have to make business decisions for money. They have to do that. They'd be a poor business if they didn't. I don't think they're a great business, but from a business owner perspective, they're looking at and saying, who are our main sources of income? We got the BFLs. We got the, the, the what is it? The Toyota series. Mm -hmm. uh, we got the invitationals and we got the BPT. Which ones draw in more money? 
I, I doubt yeah, it. I think the BFLs are their money. The BF the BFLs and Toyota series probably drawing a it's, lot of money, but I don't know the numbers. No, but it's definitely the BFLs. <clears throat> they've talked about it. Like and, and, cash cow. And, and same thing with Bass. I mean, the Open's drawing a lot of money for BASS, right? But so from the business owner perspective, I think they got they have to make business decisions. However, when you don't invest in your most precious equity, which are typically your people. And we see this with businesses all the time. Yep. If you don't invest into your people, then eventually it's like a house, like foundation falling out from underneath itself and the whole thing is going to collapse. And so I predict uh, that you may not see them in the future, or if you do see them, there may be at a smaller scale and you're already starting to see it. We're going from 80 to 50 and then we're going to a team series and we're taking coverage away from the Bass Pro Tour to put it on the team series and yada, yada, yada. So I think the inconsistency, while I love the fear of the unknown, like I thrive on that, but if I was also in their position and I had kids and, and, and families and things like that, I'd be a little, let me use a Ben word here, perturbed on what's going on. So going back to my thing that we were talking about with Jacob Fouts, and uh not doing a great job not jacob but just in general like not preparing anglers for anything other than fishing um if there was ever a time that the anglers need to make sure that they do everything they can to generate different sources of income it is yesterday yeah they absolutely need to do that because they're they don't know what the future we don't know what the future of bass looks like but it looks a heck of a lot stronger than bpt there's one thing i can tell you you know absolute certainty in three years the bass elites are still going to be there yeah, I so, cannot say the same thing for the other for the BPT. Right. And and you know, and even our good buddies over at the MPFL, they talk about it, right? Like uh and if you haven't listened to that episode, go back when Ben, Pete, and myself were down at Lake Lanier with, with Brad Fuller and Paul Benson. He said it himself. He goes, When things are good, that's when I get really worried. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like you have no idea what's coming at you from whatever cardinal direction. So I think Well it, again, he well, his whole thing was like, like I the problems I can see are the ones that I that don't bother me. It's the ones, it's the ones I don't see. see. Like, that's that's absolutely the rumors that. And right now there are so many rumors about, uh, you know, about BPT and MLF, and and there's folks that there's folks that speak under the guise of knowledge, and they put a lot of stuff out there, and it, it's even more divisive than than it should be. Uh, and they they claim to be doing it for the anglers and to to get the truth out there and blah blah blah. But it's not always the truth, and sometimes they say stuff that pretty quick gets proved wrong. So, I mean, believe none of what you see and half of what you hear is what I've always lived by. Um, or or half, none of what half, you hear and half of what you see. Half of what you none see, of what you hear and half hear. of what you see. Like, but like you said, your people have to be your number one priority in any business. Yeah. You can you can make you can have a great product that you put out there every day. Uh, but if you don't take care of your people, th those people are going to leave, and at some point your product's going to suffer. And I think we're going to start to see that uh, with you know with with BPT, you're going to start losing some of those names that have been there, uh, some of those folks that do do a great job on social media. Uh, there's a lot of young guys over there. That at some point, have young families are going to have to make a decision for them, mm -hmm. even if they're sitting well into those 30s. A guy like Jacob Wheeler or Dustin Connell, yeah. like young families, at some point in time, they got to look down the road and say. I don't know if this is going to be here. Maybe now's the time I need to go fish the opens. Yeah. And you start losing names like that. Like, what do you have? 
Right. And I think a lot of those guys do a good job. The Jacob Wheelers, the Dustin Connells, the Mark Daniel Juniors. I just named their whole house. Adrian, <laughs> Adrian Avina, right? Uh, I'm fans of all those guys. I think they push out really great content. Um, but they don't need the BPT yeah. anymore. Right. And, and, and I don't know if there are anglers on that roster that do need the BPT for exposure and stuff like that. But I think a lot of the anglers over there did a really good job at setting themselves up for, I think, I think not to cut you off, but I think most of the guys that came up through pro fishing need, do need support from those organizations to continue to push their names. And I, I just want to pivot for just a second because we've seen a guy who's proved that he can do both in Milliken. Like he's already got the social media following. Yeah. He absolutely does not need to fish the elites to get right. his name or any of the companies that he works with like bigger. Everybody knows who he is. He already has over a million views on every video he drops. Like he, he has that built for himself already. You know, the Connells and the wheelers and stuff. I think they still need that because they do do great content. But I don't know that they do as good a job pushing it out there themselves as as much as like when when MLF shares their stuff and then it kind of yeah. gets to a wider audience. So I wonder they need to start to diversify that stuff, like you're saying, like you were saying, like yesterday. Yeah. Well, you you bring up something, uh, you know, comparing, uh, you know, Milliken to you know Jacob Wheeler. Jacob Wheeler is probably not a good example because he's got Icon and, and rap. He's got a lot Academy. better too in the last yeah. couple of years but, of putting stuff out. But there. you put let's put a, a. I would take Connell. Like yeah, he does some social media stuff that he pushes on his own, but not to the level of like a Wheeler or or a a uh, Milliken. Um, you'll you'll see stuff every once in a while pop up from him. Usually, it's a funny short video. Uh, and he, you know, he gained some following for that, but you don't see a ton of that educational stuff. Ryan Salzman, who fishes a BBT, some of the best educational yeah. videos out there. Like, and he stuck, he's, he had a okay following. He was a guide. He did some of that social media, like how to stuff, but then that that's been propelled because of him making it to the BBT and getting that further exposure through that league there. Like he used that to further his platform that he had already started building. Whereas like, Jacob now is trying to push more of his stuff on his own, but you don't really see that with Connell and a few of those other guys. So like Mark Daniels Jr. has done a great job of pushing stuff out there. Um, Brian Latimer, I know he's not a VPT guy, but um, you know, he fishes the MLF. uh, I think he's on the invitationals. Like he pushes his stuff. Like he has a great thing. He's got a whole uh, virtual school now. Um, that he's doing like a virtual training yeah, academy. What is it? Straight up fishing? Something like that. Yeah. yeah I'd have pretty to look, cool. But like, he's got a lot of cool stuff going on, you know, be lat. And I've, I've always respected what he's got going on there. Like the hustle. Um, they're not all doing that. The other, I, I don't want to harp on this too much longer because I think there's more stuff we can talk about, but the other people that have to be let down by some of the decisions made by MLF is the, their partners. Like, right stacking red crest directly after the classic a week apart and thousands of thousands not even a week apart like the classic ends sunday red crest is supposed to start monday yeah people aren't going to skip the classic go to red crest no they're not people don't have two displays to send to two major shows like that yeah um so what does that say to your partners like very clearly those dates because bass announced all their stuff first like very clearly, there was intention there to, to stack them back to back. You can you can try to tell me no, but I'm it, it's pretty obvious. I, they sort of did it last year, yeah. trying to go before the classic by a couple weeks. Um, they say you know oh, we're not going to compete with them. You know we're the we have our premier event, blah blah blah. But 
it's really I think it's really going to show this year, and their partners can't be happy. Like, yeah, but they but let's not mistake like they were still hosting a tournament like when the classic was going on. I mean, Poche had to leave and and jump right into the classic. So, you know, yeah. Pete just pulled up a picture of a deer, but you know, here, here's my, uh, Sorry, chicken my, my, my <laughs> biggest. So the, are the anglers victims? Yeah, they are victims of, of, you know, potential poor business decisions. Um, are they victims of their own poor decisions? I don't know. Um, but the reality is I'm, I, I would be, I'm going to say yes to that because I feel like a lot of them took what was pitched to them at face value and they didn't do any, they really didn't do any digging to see if what was being said was true, uh, promising all you know all these free entry fees and stuff. So I think they don't, they 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 were victims of their own speedy decisions because when the split happened, there was it was the industry was kind of like it is right now. There was a lot of those those big non endemic sponsors went away. There was a lot of uncertainty in the in the industry, and yeah. so this new shiny thing pops up and i think a lot of those guys made a rash decision and didn't really ask the questions they probably should have yeah. sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no you're you're i mean it's no different than uh you know me leaving um i don't know a retail store to go if i left home depot to go f- work for lowe's and Lowe's shut down then i'm out of a job man like i should have probably done my homework a little bit and dug into the business and saw where the stocks are and things like that it, it's probably harder to do in a in a fishing organization because there's it's like a game of thrones it's literally like an episode of game of thrones like there are so many actors that play a role in keeping these organizations afloat it's probably really and it's it's all privatized it's not you know i mean some of the companies i think are are uh you know public and stuff like that but still like that's a hard thing to do and if you don't know coming out of college or coming off the street, anything about business and you don't know how to look at a a business's net worth and things like that, you're not going to know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so like, if I was a new angler jumping in, even at 40 years old, if I decided, Hey, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and throw my money in the hat and see if I can give it a world. I would absolutely identify a mentor like somebody like Destin Demarion, John Cruz. I'm naming people that we've had on the show, but that's because those people we've had on the show, we know them and we trust them. I would identify a mentor. And every every one of those folks you talk to has one of those mentors. Yeah. Like the successful people have that because they you can't just jump into it and not know. I think the reason that I don't I don't put any of that into the dudes that left Bass to go to the BBT because almost every single one of them had years of experience. Yeah. ahead of that and then the flw guys really didn't have a choice like when they absorbed the flw they sent invites and you either took it or you didn't yeah i mean luke duncan didn't take it um what was it uh i, I don't even know the other guys but there were numerous guys yeah. that didn't take the invite um but you know i just my biggest stink with the whole thing you know make a business decision got it uh you want to change your format Got it. You want to reorganize your structure? Got it. That's nothing that we can change. But the thing that if I was on the roster, and this is just me saying if I was on the roster, the the consistent of my, the consistent amount of inconsistency and double standards would be the thing that would drive me up the wall. Listen, like 
I, you have been in the army for 19 years and we change standards all the time and people don't like it. People say it's lowering the standards and some people say it's changing and it, however you want to define How long has the army been around? The army has been around since, uh, what, 1775, I think. Yeah, but, so uh, the, the, the MLF has been around well, since 2018 and, and, and that's what I was, every year. Well, that's what I was, that, that you, you brought up my point is like, if you, to the anglers, winning Red Crest or winning one of those trophies means something to them, right? But a, a legacy died when you took the Forest Wood Cup away. It really did. Like it was the second most coveted title uh, in the continental United States. Mm-hmm. So now, if you wanted Red Crest, and not to the anglers, because I know it means the world to the anglers, but I feel like you're not leaving a really good legacy with all of the double standards and the changes that you're making and things like that, where people from the outside looking in say, why would I even want to work for an organization or be a part of an organization like that? And I know that there's a true, you know, fan base uh, for major league fishing. And, and honestly, Pete and myself, we we're being critics, but it's because we all have the ability to provide an opinion. And so we are a fan of bass fishing. We're a fan of conservation. We're a fan of the outdoors. Like we're a fan of all of it, but knowing what we know, a little bit of what we know in the inside of the industry, which ain't much, which ain't much. Uh, I would just be really upset by the decisions being made that would potentially harm the legacy of what I've accomplished in that league. Right? Like, I want to go down in history saying, I want somebody 15, 20 years down the road saying, dude, do you remember when he won the 2023 Red Crest? I don't even know where Red Crest was at this year. It was on Norman. Okay. Thrift one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. But that's the thing is I know we were in Knoxville, and I know uh, Gussie won the Bassmaster Classic yeah. with, what, two smallmouth on well, the last day. Jacob Wheeler announced his boat brand at the Classic. Oh, yeah. One, yeah. Of, one of the so, BPT's big nudes. Like, <laughs> I, I just think the point is, is like, <clears throat> what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Because to me, and that's what I value, is leaving something important behind. Whether or not the doors close or not is beyond me. It doesn't matter. But what did you do during that time that you actually had a, a heartbeat in that organization? I think that's important. And the FLW, man, like I was so sad to see the FLW go away. In fact, it was like I still have one of the original FLW hats and I, I sometimes I wear it still. I loved that format. And I think that's why I've taken so much to the MPFL because it, it's, it's got more of that family format and stuff. But that's just my take on it, man. Like I, I think there's business decisions that have to be made. Uh, people are going to fall victim to some of those business decisions. I think if you know that you're in the bottom, uh, you better start planning an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. You need to start getting on board with figuring out different revenue streams. I mean, look, James Watson, man, he's he's gold, man. Like that guy is a he's a hustler. He knows business and stuff like that. Yeah, he's a salesman. And I take it back to Jacob Fouts. I know, dude. Like it sucks. You don't want to. You're not that guy. They're not asking you to change who you are. They're just asking you to change your behavior a little bit. That's the biggest thing. It's not change who you are. It's just, can you adapt to our culture? And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. The last thing I'm going to say on it is I don't, there's no fault to the anglers at this point. No. Like everything that's happening to them and the damage to their legacy. Yeah. They, they made a decision years ago, but now, now their company is letting them down and they're making decisions that that are potentially going to hurt them. And some of them guys may never fish, you know, at that level again. And, uh, it's just unfortunate that, that everything that happened happened, but 
it 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 has, and then it'll be interesting to see what their partners you know do um, moving forward. So speaking of partners, Carolina Waters, you know we partnered with them a few months back. We've been oh man four five six months now. We've been partnering with Carolina Waters. If you haven't heard, if this is your first time listening to us, uh, Carolina Waters is a por- performance fishing and lifestyle brand. Uh, they're based here in North Carolina. Uh, they have lightweight UPF performance wear for hardcore fishermen and athletes, casual t-shirts for those relaxing days, and a whole bunch of different styles of hats. I'm pointing the one on my head. Nobody can see it, uh, but it's cool. So, it looks fine. Yeah, you should definitely check them out. Uh, if it comes to fishing outdoor apparel anywhere uh, anywhere in the country, but especially in the Carolinas, Carolina Waters has you covered literally. Make sure you head to their website. Uh, take a look at everything they've got. Got some hoodies coming up here pretty soon. Uh, head to carolinawatersnc.com. Uh, if you use the code the one cast, you'll save 20% off your order. Again, that's carolinawaters.nc.com. The code the one cast, all one word, will save you 20%. Get those stocking stuffers. Uh, this is coming out after Black Friday, but I know they have a Black Friday sale. I don't know how long it's going to run, so maybe it's still going on. Uh, if you didn't miss it, if you did miss it, uh, you still need to go get some stuff. So uh, make sure you check them out. If you're going to be at any of like at Raleigh, especially, I can say that one for sure. We're going to be up there for a day hanging out with them uh, probably Saturday. Uh, I would think Trey and I will go spend some time at the booth with them. Um, so make sure you swing by and say, hey, you can check out their stuff there. Uh, and I don't know what other shows they're doing, but we'll uh, we'll make sure to let everybody know where you can catch them. And then if we can get to another one. You know, we'll try to do that. But again, carolinawatersnc.com. Use the code the one cast at checkout. Save 20%. Uh, our business, much like any, we need those partnerships. You know, this is a business. I know I know, we have a lot of fun, but we have to treat it like a business. We have expenses. We have electric bills. We have internet. We have all that stuff. You know, we have mm-hmm. an editor that we have to pay because none of us have time with our full-time jobs to That's edit right. videos and, and things like that. So, you know, if you're a fan of the show, you know, we got a bunch of y'all download and watch every week and listen and all of that stuff. You know, if you can support those that support us, it, it really means a lot and let them know we sent you. Uh, even if you go out and, you know, we don't have a code with Hobie Eyewear, but if you listen to that episode and you want to try some glasses, let them know that you, you heard them, you know, on our show because that'll help us eventually, you know, maybe open up the door for some new partners. So, um, while we're on that business talk, you know, it, it, it's anywhere in this industry, you got to have partners. Like That's right. And it has to be a partnership. It can't be a, tra- a transactional relationship. Like you got to scratch each other's backs mm-hmm. in the outdoor industry, whether it's hunting or fishing. I've spent time working in both, and and it's got to be what what you can do for each other. So, uh, for all you young folks out there, we talk about all the time. What can you do for a company that you want to represent? And for companies, they want to know what what you can do for them. So, and you know what they can do for you. So. Uh, you got to partner with those folks, and uh, that's all I want to talk about MLF. I know I told you all I was I was dreading it because we don't we're not that clickbaity podcast. I know we've had a few moments in our in our history where it's gotten a little bit like that, but that's not what we're about. We really are about a culture of anglers helping anglers. We're about getting information out there and helping people catch fish, uh, and we try to keep that going. So, uh, Fishing Fridays should be making a more regular comeback here pretty soon. Oh, excuse me. I I got the popcorn burps, uh, a bunch of popcorn before I came on here, but, um, they should be coming back. You know, we share a lot of great information on those talk about fishing. We have some, some cool folks that want to come on Kieran and his uh, high school partner. They've been, been doing really well. Want to come on and, and give an update on the high school, you know, BSS stuff, which is really cool. Uh, and we have some other folks that, that will probably pull on to that. So looking forward to that coming up. If you're listening, uh, we have Hunter Bogman coming on the show. 
Um, we don't do this very often. We're going to give you all a preview. Uh, Hunter Bogman's coming on the show. Yep. Uh, we'll be in the next episode that drops. Uh, if you don't know Hunter, look him up. Uh, I, there's some videos out there. I was in the boat with him at the MPFL. Uh, dude is a hammer, uh, and he does it all, you know, uh, at a slight disadvantage because he's uh, he's missing his legs and he only has part of one hand. But dude figured out how to catch him. And, man, I'm going to be completely honest. Like, I spent the day on the boat with him, and, and he's more efficient than I am on the That's water. Right. Like, it was, yeah. it was incredible to watch. Uh, he, he's open about his story and, and all that stuff. So we're going to have him on to talk about that. Uh, we have Josh Watkins coming back on. That's right. The uh, Josh Watkins is going to give the uh, the breakdown of the first uh, year that the Army Outdoor team spent with the National Professional Fishing League. So we're really excited to see um, him come back to us and uh, kind of give us that that breakdown from 2023 and then what they have coming for 2024, which we won't let the cat out of the bag. Yep, and then we have Will Harkins coming on, who if you all watched or followed along with Lanier uh, and a few other events in the MPFL, he had a couple, uh, he was a bridesmaid a few times last year. A great young kid, man. When that, when he was up on the stage talking, he's like 19, I think 20. Nine, yeah. 20 maybe. He can't drink a beer you, yet. You, he When he talked, you would have thought he'd been doing this for 40 years. That's right. Like, yep. kid just has his stuff together. We're very well spoken, very respectful. So really looking forward to having Will on uh, to talk about fishing and, and just tell his story get an opportunity to get him out there in front of some other people shaw grigsby uh, i don't have him scheduled yet but we we connected with him at the the special outdoors bass anglers special uh, operations or special anglers. operations special outdoors special operations bass anglers tournament um he's going to uh he's going to come on the show and talk about his long tenured career whatever Ooh. he wants to get into it doesn't matter he uh, looks like yeah. dale earnhardt to me so. he does yeah, yeah. <laughs> still looks great man he's still out there doing it i don't yeah i don't know exactly how old shaw is but he's still out there hammering hammering away and so uh, i i guess that was your i guess that was your thanksgiving and, and christmas present uh to all the listeners to kind of give the teaser the upcoming episodes and yeah. and, ri- and rightfully so because what we want you guys to do we want you guys to, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Tunes, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, it does not matter. You go to that little thing that has two lines and two dots on it and you hit share. Share those with your family, your friends, people that you know are avid outdoorsmen um, because we want to continue to grow this channel. Uh, and, uh, you know, speaking of educating and informing, I know we're getting ready to hop off here, but speaking of educating and informing for the local North Carolina area, if you guys were wondering, and I know there's been a lot of questions on like socials and stuff like that. We are in a drought. Mm. It is not a winter drawdown on these lakes. I was confused too. Cars, the only one they do drawdown for the winter. So, typically. Yep. And so, when you see the lakes the way they are right now, specifically like Jordan Lake, Falls Lake, Norman, stuff like that, it's because North Carolina is in a drought. And I think we're not the only state in the drought, Mm. but, you know, we're receiving rain as we speak, or I guess we did for a day and a half. Um, it's probably not going to make a huge impact on the drought, but just so you know, um, you know, the army Corps of engineers, uh, I think they recently closed Pose Ridge boat ramp at Jordan. Um, and so that is the answer to the question. If you guys are wondering like what's going on with the lakes, um, does it mean you can't catch fish? Absolutely not. In fact, you probably have a chance of catching fish grouped up in an area, uh, if the bait is there and the water temperatures are right and so on and so forth. Um, additionally, uh, for the North Carolina area, if you are a resident of Cumberland County or Bladen County or uh, Harnett County, right? Um, and, and the reason I know this is because Pete and myself, we were out a couple Mondays ago and 
And, uh, you know, we got ourselves a, a pretty big buck. We took it to the taxidermist and, and the taxidermist told me that, uh, any, any deer that is registered, uh, a harvest in any of those three counties cannot leave those counties and go to the taxidermist. Right. So w- why that's because we're trying to prevent, uh, CWD, which is chronic wasting disease. So, you know, those are a couple pieces of information on North Carolina. The, the drought is affecting the lakes and chronic wasting disease, you know, uh, wildlife commission is trying to prevent the spread of that disease. So if you live in those three counties, get your deer checked. If you don't live in those three counties and you're a deer hunter and you harvest an animal, get your deer checked anyways. It can't hurt. You know, we want to make sure that we're getting on top of this. Um, and so we're conservationists. So we want and, and go back a long time ago and listen to Corey Oakley. And we keep saying we need to bring him back on. But, you know, like invasive aquatic species, invasive fish species, diseases, parasites, things like that. They do affect our ability to enjoy the outdoors. So it is our duty and responsibility uh, to do our part and make sure that we are uh, taking care of our natural resources. Yep. That's yeah, a great, great point. Good thing to bring up. Jordan came up 0.24 feet. So we got a little bit of reprieve, uh, but it's at 211 and 216 is full pull. So it's super low. Yep. Um, so yeah, just, and if you are out on the local lakes, man, be careful. Uh, Cause there's yep. a lot of stuff that normally nobody knows about that they're tearing boats up. Like I know some dudes that fish it a lot and knew the lake and they've torn their stuff up. Well, we saw lake. that at Norman. One guy hit a yeah. shoal and uh, yep. lost his lower unit. Yeah, took his lower unit. Took, took second place. But, took uh, second place, <laughs> yeah, fishing by the ramp. But still, uh, yeah, so just be be careful if you're local and you're out there fishing. Uh, no matter where you are, be careful when the water's getting cold. Make sure you wear your PFD all the time. Um, that's that's something a lot of folks don't do and they're careless about, and it's, it's a quick way to die even in, in the middle of the summer. So that's right. Wear a PFD when you're running. I do take mine off when I'm fishing. Um, once the water gets below a certain temperature, I usually leave it on. But um, if you're running, make sure you have it on because you get thrown from your boat, you get knocked out and, and you can get smoked pretty quick. So yep. uh, kill switches, all that stuff's important. Just, just be safe. You know, holiday seasons are coming up. We want to have uh, your families want to have you around. We want to meet you at any shows that we're able to get to this year. Uh, we want to make sure everybody's safe, happy, healthy, and catching fish. That's really all I got. I appreciate everybody listening this week. Trey, you got anything you want to close out with? Do it. Trey's good. So appreciate everybody. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. Shoot us a message. Let us know anybody you might want to have on. Make sure you check out all those organizations down below. Hit up our sponsors. Load up some stockings for Christmas. Get those anglers and outdoorsmen in your lives some sweet gear. uh, And help us continue to grow a culture of anglers helping anglers one cast at a time. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad. It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's gonna be a bad day.